Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, it's awesome, dude, to uh, talk to you today in this high school gym. Yeah. I'm saying that in case our audience hears the slightest, slightest reverb. Yeah. I'm not really hearing it right now, though. No, I've I've kind of turned some things down in our ears, so hopefully that'll do it. And then when I go to do the edit on this podcast, it should hopefully fix it. Let us know, good peeps and home slices out there listening. Um Nathan's using my computer today, which is my fault because the time of our recording, you and Joy are returning from a little New York excursion, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah. And uh, rather than going, passing the church, going all the way home, boomeranging back, because I had some uh, meetings the night that we're recording, um, you said, hey, we talk, you'll come here. Joy's right outside. Yep. um, Getting work done. Yeah. And uh, this is my computer, so it's my fault. That's all right. We will uh, we will make it. We will get through. Uh, like I said, I think I should be able to take a lot of this out in the edit, and uh, hopefully, it won't be an issue at all. So sweet, sweet. No, and it's, we'll uh, see what me, happens. It sounds good, but dude, real quick, how was your trip? It was nice. It was nice. We actually so we left on Friday around nine in the morning. We got up there before three on Friday. As we were going up, started snowing up there. Yeah. We had. Uh, basically friday and saturday of getting snow so that was nice. yeah that's always something i enjoy how much did you get up there uh, a few inches it, it wasn't, wasn't much yeah, yeah it I wasn't mean, much here dude it was a i mean they were calling for maybe five inches but it was nothing i mean yeah. the trees looked pretty yeah and lisa and i said well since it didn't even touch the roads or the sidewalks we'll go for a nice drive yeah so dude around two we went for a drive yep and it was gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how nothing of an event it was. Yeah. We thought we'd drive through Rock State Park around here and you know, just, I don't know, go up to Southern Pennsylvania and just, you know, enjoy the, yeah. the day, get a little drive in, get a cup of coffee and just sort of take it in. Because, you know, it's winter, which right. is miserable. Um, <laughs> I'm determined, dude, winter is great if you have a ton of money. Yeah. And you can go on like all these little special excursions, but. Yeah. Ain't much here. Yeah, no, it, it really it is it is a different a whole different ball of wax up up north. You oh, know, yeah. just you have you have constant snow that's laying down. Yeah. So you know the activities, the sledding and skiing and all of that stuff. It's just it is it's completely different than here. You know, um, Joy and I were coming back and I saw the pictures that people had sent out yeah. the day of, but I hadn't seen it since then. So yeah. we were coming back and Joy was like, yeah, we need to go and wash the car because up there, as my brother-in-law puts it, every car turns white. It does. Uh, you know, through the salt and the snow. Oh, and I that. bet. Yeah. My, uh, <clears throat> my buddy, Terry, who I met in my writing cohort yep. uh, that, that I've been doing this last year, lives in Cooperstown. Yes. As you know, we've seen yep. him a couple of times now. 
And he told me in Cooperstown, it's it's pretty much from Thanksgiving through late March. Mm-hmm. There's always snow that you see, and uh, it's just the nature of the beast up there. Yeah, yeah. You were up in uh, Syracuse, dude. Syracuse, where, yeah. Without Syracuse, you would not be sitting across from me. Yeah, that's where my parents met. Yeah, uh, I want to say they would have met in 1962. Okay, yeah, in Library Science School. Which isn't even that anymore. I was going to say information technologies or whatever it is now, but it was library science where they did their graduate uh, work, uh, and they met, and I'm I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah, because um, yeah, I would be a non. Of course, in the providence of God, right? I was supposed to be here, but nevertheless, uh, you were up there with the orange men. Yes. So thank you, dude, for. Not even getting home yet. Yeah, yeah. To do this podcast. Yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a really good one. Uh, obviously, uh, we're still in February. We are talking about politics because we want to we want to do that before things get heated yeah. and before people really start feeling the strain and pressure of who do I vote for, what issues do I vote for, and all of those things. So we decided we'll go ahead and we'll do our political season here in February instead of October or November when it actually is going on. And and can I tell you, dude, some of the crazy stuff is already happening, but it's it's early, so I don't know if it's on everybody's radar, but because of this podcast, I was checking in on, all right, let me look at uh, Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. which is where you can get quick bursts of uh, information. And I uh, I don't know if you saw at the time we're recording the two things that stood out to me. Uh, Trump was selling a, a shoe, these gold shoes. You should check it out, dude, that are the gaudiest looking things you've ever seen. Um, and people are buying them like hotcakes, man. <laughs> They're, I think they're like 400 bucks. Oh, my word. Or maybe, maybe they're not that expensive, but they were... If you look up like Trump gold shoes, uh, you know, a, a verdict just came out. You know, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners are much more up on this than, than probably you and I are. Yeah. Um, in, um, dude, one of the civil suits um, w- uh, that had to do with his businesses in New York. So, anyway, a lot of people were saying, well, Trump's selling these shoes. But what I what interested me in the shoes is these are the ugliest things I've ever seen. They are. I'm looking at them oh, now. Are you saying, yeah. Does it have a price? I thought they were like a couple um, hundred bucks. It doesn't have a price. I'm on I'm on Twitter looking at them. I may have exaggerated. Maybe they're a hundred bucks, but whatever, they're, they're expensive. And they sold out. So whatever you think, whatever side you're on, <laughs> we're already getting that. Then the second thing I saw was from... Um, this isn't really presidential, but John Oliver, the comedian, you know, the British oh, comedian. Oh, yes, yeah. He's super rich, uh, and I've been trying to research as I went down the rabbit hole. He is not a fan of uh, Justice Thomas, who is usually considered by pundits the most conservative uh, justice on the Supreme Court. Yep. So he apparently, you can find this on Twitter or YouTube or whatever, made a video where um, um, essentially he offers Thomas and says his lawyers have drawn up the contract like this luxury mobile uh, home, like a RV, <laughs> which is like $2.5 million. It's got four bedrooms, king-size bed in it, because apparently the Thomases like to travel, travel. like that. And a million dollars a year if he steps off the Supreme Court. 
And he says, I'll have my lawyers give you the contract and all that stuff. So I thought the crazy season is yeah. happening. It's it's beginning it's to beginning, rear its head. Yeah, I yeah. know that's not quite the election. Yeah. But you know what? It's politics. And yep. it's, 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 I thought these are crazy times. There yeah. is no, uh, there is, we're a long way, dude, from the Lincoln Douglas debates. Right. <laughs> Didn't those dudes like talk substantively, substantively for hours? Yeah, in memory of my history classes mean anything? Yeah, I mean the you know the thing is like if you look in politics, politics was always like this kind of back and forth, like you know tit for tat type, yeah. you know comment, quip, things like that. There were always those things going on. But people cared about what was being said. Yeah, issues. Yeah. Issues. That's the point, dude. All these stories I just looked at, and that was just like a 10-minute glance yeah. of yeah. Twitter. Uh, and I thought, oh my, I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to start diving in, uh, almost afraid of what, you know, what I'm going to find. And you're right, quips and barbs have always been a part. Because, you know, I mean, back in the Revolutionary War, there were political cartoons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Satire. But it tended to be substantive and more issues based. Mm -hmm. And today the line is just so blurry. So many things are are mixed with celebrity yes. and entertainment. And yes, dude, it gives me a headache. Well, and that's I mean, it fits because that's what our news has become, right? I yes. mean, yes, it really is. It's almost it's, like entertainment tonight. Yeah, it it tracks like whatever side you lean to the news is specifically catered to you yeah and that's the reality is all all the news that you are going to see is going to be directed and pointed and spun in your direction yeah that's what's going on there yep. is no unbiased objective news reporting being done it, it kind of is like dude if you're on facebook since i'm old yeah. and it's facebook yep the reels i'm yeah. finally noticing oh they noticed that i watch a lot of like uh breaking bad yes. stuff yeah so now all the reels i get yes are the breaking <laughs> bad yeah it's amazing yeah it's almost like they figured out an advertising technique right to get you to do stuff and engage in stuff i'm sure that's that's not the case but um yeah, the the Trump shoes, by the way, three hundred ninety nine dollars. So they were, yeah, wow, three hundred ninety nine dollars, <laughs> dude. They they probably cost what twenty five bucks to make. Yeah, wow, yeah, wow. The, that's what I mean, dude. These times, crazy. Yeah, you know, they're just very very crazy, and there's a lot of opportunity for people to kind of drive this home to our neck of the woods. Yeah, and our. Uh, an unchurchy conversation yes. about faith in everyday life. It's very easy for Christians to get really caught up in it, right? Oh, yeah. And so we were talking in prep for this podcast about maybe some thoughts. Yeah. The, you know, we, we speak unashamedly about the fact that the church, CFC, uh, does not get politically involved from right. the pulpit right um make no apologies for that that is not the mission of the church that is not the gospel we are given one mission um as the church but we also realize and accept that there are those who are passionate about politics mm -hmm. and so today greg i think we're going to go ahead and spend some time talking about 
if that is something that you are passionate about and you feel strongly about, Mm -hmm. how do you engage with believers and unbelievers from that? Where, Mm. where are the boundaries? Where, where does scripture guide and direct the person who has that passion and that, that fire to, to be involved politically? I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this, Nathan, because, because of some of some of our listeners have observed, you and I tend to agree on most things. So Nathan and I seriously need to go back talking about Breaking Bad. That's right. One of the few passionate disagreements. We <laughs> or have. Aquaman. That right. is or that is a- one that we have never Aquaman, dude. aired. Ooh, we could take that on. And Nathan, on that, I'm going to quote Matt Smith. You have an opinion that is informed. You've researched it. I choose to believe what the Bible teaches, and uh, we just therefore have a disagreement. No, uh, my favorite Matt Smith line there. Well, maybe not my favorite. That's in his top five. Um, usually, when Matt and I disagree on things, you know, that's out what he drops. Not sure. Look, hey, I respect where you're coming from. You, you're looking at it from this. Yeah, I, I choose to believe what the Bible teaches on the subject, and uh, so, so great way to bridge the gap that's of right. difference, right? <clears throat> and um, so. Uh, you and I, because we see things so similar and are both largely apolitical, like yes. I'm, I learn things from people in the congregation yeah. about what's going on because I, I'm just not as interested. And I know you're not uh, uh, you know, uh, as much either. So that could suggest mm-hmm. to our listeners, and if you're feeling like that, I think that I'm glad we're talking about this, that is not the goal. Right. In no way. I have good friends, and I know you do too, Yeah. that are... You know, almost political hobbyist, and yeah. I don't say that negatively. Sure, like, you know the way yeah. you you got friends that are into antique cars, yeah. or I mean, the way you and I are into TV shows or movies, exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of interest, yeah, a lot of passion, a lot of opinion, yeah. Um, and you know, those things uh, in their right place matter. So, I, this is always a helpful corrective for me, yeah, to not absolutize my preferences, yeah. And the way I go about it, or the way you and I go about it, on yep. everybody else. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'll say this: one of my first thoughts in the church world, I've always felt that CFC is the kind of church. Let me take it out of politics for a second, for sake of illustration. Yeah, and then come back. Yep. If um, let's make it a theological issue, from time to time we have people that come into CFC that have more charismatic Pentecostal backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So they've come out of churches um, where the gifts are practiced differently. You know, they would believe in speaking in tongues. Maybe it's a prayer language, um, you know, that they uh, have experienced or have witnessed or both, uh, or their style of worship is maybe a bit more spontaneous, enthusiastic, et cetera. All the things that come with it. Sometimes I'm sitting down with a person and they say, well, this is kind of who we are. And I always say this, and I mean this, CFC is the kind of church where you can, and I stress mm-hmm. can, be very happy here and maintain your distinctives. Yes. I'd say the same about somebody that comes in, um, oh, I don't know, from a, a reformed church. Mm-hmm. Um, they might <clears throat> be, you know, would call themselves Calvinists and Mm-hmm. Um, you know, et cetera, and, and say this is a really important issue to me. So I'll take either of those examples. I always say it depends on how you weight 
yes. these things. And it goes back, dude, to our founding podcast when we rebooted. Yeah. And we talked about the red light, yellow light, yeah. green light. The red light are the absolutes. Yep. Green light are preferences. You just kind of blow by those. Like, yep. Hey, you like the ESV. I like the NIV. Uh, we're not going to waste too much time yeah. talking about that. Um, then there's that yellow light convictions. Yeah. And I always say, if you're if you have a conviction mm-hmm. about politics or about spiritual gifts or about reformed theology distinctives, you will can be very happy here. Yeah, we're not going to try to squeeze you into another mold. Right, we're not going to try to beat the the charismatic out of you or right. anything like that. If so, I put it back on that person. You yes. have to determine. Yeah. Where does it rank? Yeah. And if it kind of bleeds towards orange, right. you know, yellow to, to red to red, Yeah, I would say a per- to the person, I still don't say, hey, don't come here. I yeah. just say, you might not be happy here. Yeah. And the last thing we want is you to be miserable. Yeah. That's not good for you or anybody. Right. Not good for your family, not good for the church. So uh, that would be my kind of overarching uh, set of uh, goalposts, right? If yeah. You're within these goalposts, yep. Um, you'll 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 be fine if you feel like, oh, it is really important to me. Yeah. We both know Nathan. There's churches right down the street in yeah. a, in any neighborhood, right? If yeah. You could say this, where those distinctives are more pronounced. Yep. And you might be happier there. Yep. Yeah. So that's my first thought. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's it's the type of thing where we. We celebrate um, community groups. We always say that we grow in circles, not rows. Yep. Um, and so the idea of, uh, you know, let's say you want to get involved and you want to get invested in the church. Well, there is an identity to the church. The church is uh, the the body of Christ, and individual churches have a adopted identities under being in the family of God, right? Yes. And so we have a a mission that we focus on. Um, you know, uh, we, we want to encourage um, and help facilitate people to experience a genuine and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That is first and foremost. Yes. And so everything we do is an outflow of that, yeah. right? Why do we do youth group? It's to help people experience a genuine and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Why do we do, um, you know, last year we did the men's outing to uh, the Ironbirds game. Yep. Why did we do that? So that we can help men experience a genuine and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. Why um, do the women do, you know, their their Christmas tea mm-hmm. uh, brunch, you know, to help people experience a genuine and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so everything is an outflow of that. And so looking at things like, um, you know, if we were to have uh, somebody who, you know, bordered on the uh, fatalist side of things with predestination, Mm -hmm. right? How is that going to help somebody experience a genuine and growing relationship with Jesus Christ if we were to give you a small group? Right. It's, It's not. Yeah, I, uh, a great example, dude. Great example. It becomes at that point more of a, I hate to say it, but a, a special interest group. Yeah. To use a, a, almost a political term that I'm not intending to. 
And again, the and I know you're not saying it. Yeah. I'm certainly not saying it. Yeah. That that oh my goodness, that is a terrible thing. We're not saying that. Mm-hmm. We're saying it doesn't. It's not in sync with the thrust of our mission. Right. Right. What we're trying to do. It's something else. So to put that under our umbrella. Right. Would be a deviation. You know, yeah. if we had a group that, uh, you know, well, I, I'll give an example. Do that. That relates. Um, there was a guy in our church in the early years who I don't think you ever met. Mm-hmm. I'll call him Joe, but he wasn't Joe. <laughs> um, Joe was here, and he was uh, passionate. Uh, I think he actually was in our original 11, mm-hmm. uh, which nobody ever thought to take a picture of, um, which was probably a mistake, but that's well, okay. You know. Because now I can tell the story uh, and keep right. his uh, you know anonymity protected. But um, he was a definitely a very political guy, very conservative guy. And you knew that about him, mm-hmm. like within, you know, moments of meeting him, it just, it, it kind of oozed from him. And I was fine with that. We talked uh, about a lot of things and he was excited about the church early on. And then I remember when we moved into Faustin. So we had about a year under our belts, Faustin high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a more pronounced lobby, um, he, we had a little kind of welcome team then. Yeah. Some funny stories I could waste our whole podcast with. Um, and this guy, Joe, asked me, this was probably near the primary season yeah. uh, of that year. Um, he very sincerely wanted, and he showed me uh, some pictures of what he wanted to do. He wanted to, you see, Greg, you're pro-life guy. I said 100%. You know, no apologies on my stance mm-hmm. on the sanctity of life. And he wanted to put in the lobby some pictures of aborted fetuses mm-hmm. and and not, not as decorations, that sounds, but almost an informational booth on, yeah. on pro-life. Yeah. And I remember when he emailed that to me, I, I sighed a little bit because I thought, okay, how do I have this conversation in a way that does not make my friend believe I'm soft on this right issue because I think we our hearts were aligned on the issue yeah but the manner yes. in which we would approach it yes was different and um, I told here's what I told him and it goes back to the mission which you just said and we didn't even at that point our mission wasn't as clearly defined yeah we sort of lumped it under change by beholding Christ yep. which is what we're saying now yeah. to help people experience a genuine growing relationship with Jesus is beholding Christ. It's right. just a little more tightly defined. But I got together with Joe. Remember we had a lunch. One of the first times I had calamari and um, brought all my best and it did nothing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dude, it did. It was an epic fail. Yeah, Swing, batter, batter, swing. And I missed everyone. I just could not find a way yeah. that registered with Joe that I was passionately pro-life, but I did not want to have that in the lobby. And you, the reason, dude, is because I view that as an issue that gets tackled in discipleship, right? one-on-one conversation, smaller settings, yeah. our front-facing posture to an outside world. Yeah. I I want the person, as we've said a hundred times, yeah. offended by the gospel. Yes. Uh, because I think that's the way to salvation. Yes. All of us by nature are offended by the gospel because it tells us you are right. a sinner and can't save yourself. Yeah. 
So the cross is offensive. Right. To accept the message of the cross, we have to be offended yeah. and say, man, only Jesus can save me? Wow. And then when you go through that offense, yes. the joy and liberation is off the charts. And then as we grow yeah. and we learn what Jesus says about a thousand subjects, yeah. one of those would be the issue that my friend Joe cared about. So I tried every angle, and at the end of the day, that was the breaking point. Yeah. And he left and went somewhere else where those distinctives were more pronounced. Yeah. So on that one, dude, it, like you just said, I think that was a great observation. It's the mission. Yeah. This is what this is what we believe our mission is as a church. This right. is what we're we believe we're called to do. Yep. And everything gets filtered through that. Yeah. So that doesn't mean individual human personality is lost. Yeah. It's not like yeah. uh, boot camp where everybody same haircuts, same right. clothes, etc. Right. We're not saying that. Yeah. But we are saying that the mission will define yeah. the things that we're selective about. Yeah. Well, it, it's the difference, too, between there, there are many things that we would look at and say, this is a church-sanctioned event mm-hmm. that we want you to invite people to, that we want people to come to. And, hey, if you want to gather friends that you have and send out invitations on your own to invite people to an information night. Yeah at your house about abortion and, you know, taking up that cause. Okay. We're not saying don't do that, but, but no, we're not going to give you a platform in the church for that. Right. Because our goal is to bring in outsiders. You know, we talked about this. Paul is concerned about the outsider. He's concerned about the one who is not familiar with Christ is not familiar with the importance of life and who he is. And, Mm -hmm. All of those things. And so somebody coming in off the street, walking into a foyer and just seeing pictures of, you know, aborted babies, that's not going to leave a very good impression. No, and and plus, like you said, if they're if if they don't have a relationship with Christ, it okay, this is my thought. It goes back to politics. It comes across yes. political. Yeah. It comes across, let's be honest, in our culture, conservative, Republican, yep. uh, extreme. And we could be sending a message. I saw a guy, dude. I mean, it was funny. Um, it's the proverb uh, that somebody can look up. It, it was funny. I understood it. But it, it, it rubbed me wrong just the same. I, I saw Matt Smith send it to me, a, a pastor who kind of sounded like we do. He said, hey, you know, we're heading into a political season. We would never tell you who to vote for. That would be totally inappropriate. We would never do that. And then he said, however, and uh, scripture came up, uh, whichever proverb that says uh, that basically uh, it's, it's it's a distinction between going right or going left. Yeah, and going right is the way of life, etc. Going left, and everybody's laughing. The congregation, um, dude, I didn't like it. Yeah, here's why. Yeah, because of what you just said. Yeah, that day that I've got some visiting friends that are coming that are Democrat, right? That are Biden supporters or Kamala Harris supporters or, um, you know, um, whoever, whoever yeah. if they're from another state and they support Nancy Pelosi, whomever. Yeah. I'm I'm happy that they're there. Yeah. Because if they don't know Christ, yeah, 
then I want them to be exposed to the gospel. Right. And the moment we get associated with a political view. Yes. You know how people are, do they will okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah. I'm done. Yep. I'm 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 gonna shut down. Um so that's where I think the individual Christian to come back to our original question you asked, Nathan, that's where the we can help that person sort that out. Listen, I don't mind. Oh, look, on our elder team, yeah, uh, we've got a, a guy or two that is, uh, and I, I will spare names, yep. that are more politically outspoken than others. Sure. That context, it's fine. Yeah. We're elders in the same church. Yep. We're, uh, we're united on the mission. Yep. And uh, it's not something that uh, is going to derail us. If it did, we'd address it. Yeah. If every elders meeting we're talking about right. <laughs> Trump or the election, we'd right. probably say, wait a minute, guys, why are we even talking about this stuff? Yeah. We need to be talking about discipleship. We need to talk about Easter. We need to talk about outreach and, right. and the things that we're, we're, we're here to do. And I'm happy to say that doesn't happen. But if yeah. it did, we would we'd do it. But those individual personalities come out. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You kind of learn. I know where this guy is. Right. All that is fine, but each individual person yeah. can now say, okay, what's my contribution to the greater whole? Right. Now, here's where I get in real, real, real potential hot water. I generally don't do, do I generally, Nathan, don't spend much time scanning yeah. the social media profiles of CFC members. Yeah. Because I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I don't, I don't have anybody yeah. in mind. Yep. I'm always a little bit nervous. My, I would never, I, I can't bind somebody's conscience on this. Yeah. I will say, here's just maybe worth thinking about. Is this fair? Yeah. If people know that you're associated with a church. Yeah. And they also know you're this, that, or the other. Yeah. It can get a little tricky. I yeah. leave that. I, I'm not regulating that. I'm sure. not saying what people do. But sometimes I choose not to ever go. I'm not on social media much, as you know. Sure. But, yeah. dude, I, I just don't go politics. Yeah. Because I view it as a platform to keep as many friends yep. as I can. If there's something funny, entertainment-oriented, common ground yeah. stuff, that's great. But normally what I see when I have seen people go really political on social media, it starts with debates. Mm-hmm. And I don't even ever notice, Nathan, uh, I've never seen anybody change their opinion based on a social media right. debate. Yeah. Not once. I've never seen somebody say, hey, yeah. now that you showed me how terrible my view is, yeah. I'm. Co- it doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, not that I've ever seen. Maybe somebody can produce evidence that it does. Yeah, I just see a lot of back and forth, and I know of one guy in particular who I love, and he's from my former church. Yeah, now, dude, that's been twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years plus. Um, and I- I've noticed a lot of those people that would debate. They're just not following him anymore. Yeah, and this guy has a heart. Yeah. For lost people. Yeah. Loves to share the gospel, but is also very politically focused. Yeah. And I think, man, anyway. Yeah. No, it it's funny because I I oftentimes will warn and encourage my students against using social media for their personal platforms right. for things, you know. And um 
we are, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, we're going through The Reason for God by Tim Keller. Um, yeah. I love, love that book, love his insights into people. So good. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was, you know, uh, obviously we are, uh, I teach at a classical school and we do not teach public speaking, we teach rhetoric, yeah. the art of speaking. Yeah. And in doing so, one of the things that I oftentimes would teach my students is understanding a side you don't agree with can give you greater empathy and the ability to communicate better with that side. Well said. And so, you know, um, with my students, I would have them uh, argue for and against abortion. Mm -hmm. And I said, my goal is not to convince you that abortion is good and right. I don't believe that. My goal is to get you to understand that this woman, you might be tempted to slam and condemn. Yeah. Yes, she's self-centered, but guess mm -hmm. what? So are you. So am I. Uh, maybe she's not self-centered. Maybe maybe she is genuinely under uh, a lot of pressure and stress because this was the result of a rape. Mm -hmm. um, whatever the circumstances, can you find it in your heart to look at this person as someone who is blind, dead in their sins, mm -hmm lost in their sins mm -hmm. and look at the person through the lens that Christ had for all of the people who were lost and say, you know what? I don't agree with you, but let's sit down and have a conversation and yeah. show this person that you genuinely love them and genuinely care for them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't come across in social media. No. My, my pro-life views, and like you, Greg, I'm very unashamed. I am pro-life. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it, that the the market that has been turned into abortion, it, it is a commodity, it's a market, it's a business, mm -hmm. just like adoption has become a market and a business. I, I think it's travesty mm -hmm. and I, I think it needs to be overhauled and I think it needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably not going to happen in my lifetime though. No, probably not, dude. Um, but what I can do is I can... I can have a conversation with someone and genuinely be concerned for that person yeah. and ask that person, what do you need? I can, I can remember that behind every question is a questioner. Yes. There is a person who's there um, who God has a desire to see that person come to repentance and come to faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. This is going to sound horrible to many of you, and that's okay. Um, the The fact that this woman is considering an abortion is secondary mm -hmm. to the fact that she doesn't know Christ because she is acting out in her life her beliefs. Of course. Dude, that shouldn't... I understand why you're sensitive about saying it because it might fall on the ears like, what? But no, of course. I I think this is a, an, an important aspect of why politics can be dangerous yeah and why we should treat it like a fire i feel like i'm giving one of the old why wait talks remember yeah. fire was always the analogy yeah for uh for sex right yes because, yeah. you know, sex hey it's uh, it's a gift from god it's yeah. it's meant to you know for human flourishing and yep. you know, enrich marriages etc um 
and it's beautiful when you got the fire in the fireplace. It right. warms the house. It does all the. But if you've got the fire spreading through the forest, right, it's scary, right? That's how I view, you know, politics. Yeah. Did I just compare politics and sex? <laughs> well, they say it's one of those things you're not supposed to talk about. That's right. right. Of course, we're, we're doing it on the podcast. Um, I would say that the the danger of politics is that it can make the statement you just made, dude, which is it can't be disputed. Yeah. The gospel, no pun intended here, trumps right. everything. Everything. Yes. Um, so that what I see happening when people get overly political, yeah, and I mean where it becomes almost on par with the mission of the church or their even personal mission yep. uh, to be a representative of Christ in the world. It makes people angry. Yeah. And uh, we haven't done it yet, dude. We might cover that on the next podcast. I was going to talk, remember, about the the cycle of yeah. um, watching cable news. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll just say this now. Maybe it'll be a good preview. The, the, the things that I've seen Christians say to non-Christians, what it implies is there's no such thing as being unregenerate. You right. should know better. Right. Shame on you for doing these things and believing these things and believing these lies. Yet, if the person does not know Christ, if their hearts are spiritually darkened, right? why would there be surprise? Right. And the scriptures define for us the way forward, love, gentleness, clarity of gospel communication. Yeah. Let that be the offense. Um, but I've seen it all, dude, which is why I'm not a fan, um, uh, to go back to my friend from my former church, uh, I'll give you an example. He's a very conservative guy, and uh, you know he's got some, some are funny and harmless, but at the end of the day, you would definitely get the impression he uh, does not like Chuck Schumer, mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Eric Swalwell, some of the the more notable uh, AOC, yeah, Democrat leaders. Okay, and and again, I just think it's it's such an invitation to get angry at these people for right. their blank, right? And we're like, wait a minute, yeah, the gospel speaks to this, yeah. There are many many people that have yet to come to faith, yeah. And Democrat or Republican, for that matter. Right. And we 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 don't need, nor should we demonize people. Yeah. Um, and politics just seems like it, it it seduces us into this, oh, we've got permission to do it. Yeah. Because I'm sharing my impassioned yeah. political view, backed with a little scripture and right. passion. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, uh, what I would urge the person that is political, I say, great, watch your shows. Right. Although I want to talk about that on the next podcast. Yeah. Uh, do your homework. And I learn from political people. Sure. I appreciate it. I say, well, fill me in a little bit. Tell me what's going on. You you obviously are more invested than I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as I get closer to the election and start looking at issues a little more uh, judiciously, uh, then they'll be of great help to me. Yep. Yep. But try to keep that in the fireplace. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it in the fireplace. Well, and I think, too, again, understanding the circle of people that 
that you might discuss these things with, you know, know your audience, right? When, I mean, we, we have internal debates like this um, as believers, right? Free will versus predestination, mm-hmm. right? That's that's not a concept I'm going to talk to with an unbeliever, it's right? It's a family because, matter, yeah. internal family matter. Yeah, yeah and so, you know, political, like, you know, this verse, that, you know, with family, you know, mm-hmm. internally with the family. Okay. You know, I can be a little more free in my thoughts and opinions, yeah, as you know, we and, be, yeah. um, but, but as I start to remove myself from that and I, and I start to get outside of that circle with people that I don't know, I'm, I'm going to be very careful with my words because yeah. this is an opportunity um, to share the gospel, right? We, we have a certain amount of credit with people that we can burn, mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make sure that the credit I'm burning with this person are the things that matter and not the things that don't matter. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, understanding that I think is important. Understanding, and again, like you said, I'm I'm not going to regulate. I, I mean, I can't, right? I can't tell you what you you should and shouldn't do, what you what you will and will not do, can and can't do. But I would urge, like, be very judicious when posting your thoughts online let social media be that let it be media let it be entertainment right save i feel that way too save the serious stuff for for the one-on-one conversations that you can have face to face yeah dude a hundred percent a hundred percent and how easy it is to beat your chest and scream, right? yeah. King of the Jungle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this and say that, and then click, and I'm, and it's, it's part of it is it's just such an artificial, um, skewed reality, yeah. That that doesn't match, and we know that, dude, yeah, because it's like, yeah, I, I say a hundred times when I can write an email and draw blood with a keyboard. If I sit down with the same person face to face and discuss the issues, I just by default have a different and i think more helpful tone yes usually yeah right um at least that's how you start right hey can we talk about this yeah looks like we got some serious disagreements here and and uh but when we yeah social media we'll we'll keep talking about that too that is a uh, um it can be an outrage machine yeah uh, that produces outrage and then you've got the echo chamber right and you kind of put it out there and we, we get this uh, endorphins kick because, oh, we got so many likes and yeah. so many people see it the way we see it. Yeah. Woo, can create some, yeah. some, some, some difficult things. So I would say the person that is sort of a political crusader, every so often it happens, mm-hmm. and I'll tell that person, I've learned to be blunter, hey, this probably is not the church you're going to be content with. Yeah. Now, I don't really, this is hard because the churches that would be content with it to be honest, yes, I think have diluted their mission a bit Yeah, uh, from the clear marching orders we've been given, but I can't deny that they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. I can't deny that God will work through those churches because they're as imperfect as we are. Right. Um, so I can also say, I, I don't normally recommend one, yeah. but I say, I bet if you search, yeah. you could find a church more in keeping yeah. with your convictions. Yeah. That's, that's how I would... Yeah, would handle it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, you know, just just one thing, real quick. You know, I can I can remember my um, 
I, I won't say who it is, but uh, somebody I know. Oh, man, that's no fun. I know, right? No, I do that all the time, too. Uh, somebody I know who had me. a conversation. Um, the the thought on, you know, rapists, pedophiles, like all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, these are, these are the dregs of society. These are horrible human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've done some horrible things. Mm-hmm. But I remember having a conversation with this person after um, visiting a prison yeah. and having a discussion with, with a pedophile. Yeah. And hearing his story yeah. and how he grew up and how he was just basically trained and programmed yeah. that he was nothing. He was abused. Right. And, oh, often those sins passed down. You know, sure. like he, I remember having a conversation with this person afterwards and he was just like, yeah, all those things are true. Like these are horrible, horrible things, but like. This is a person who is broken and hurting and they don't know how to properly respond to that hurt that mm-hmm. they've received, mm-hmm. right? They they are, as we've said, they're unregenerate, they're mm-hmm. broken and they respond in very sinful and broken ways yeah. to what has been done to them. But having that conversation just changed that view enough to be like, I need to stop thinking about these people as nothing. Yeah. Because the reality is uh, God could look at all of us as nothing. Yeah. And that's, that's, dude, it's a good end of the gospel isn't for the dregs. Right. Well, that we don't have much of a gospel. Right. Right. And yes, uh, we, it's the same old line. There, there are earthly consequences as there should be. Yeah. For absolutely. Sure, right. So somebody that has harmed a child, uh, or yes, uh, prison, uh, the strictest of sentences, uh, all that stuff. But the the person behind it, yeah, who is damaged and ruined by sin, needs the gospel. Yes, even of our sins. To to quote Jerry Bridges, who wrote the book, I, it, the title or subtitle is "Respectable Sins." Yeah, right. Like yes, our sins are respectable. They're enough to damn us forever. Right. But they're more respectable than, than these guys. I think what you're just saying is it's funny, Nathan, how having a conversation with yes. somebody who isn't just a one-dimensional yes. reference point in a in a news cycle. Yeah. Uh, boy, you begin to see how Jesus looks at all of us and offers us undeserved grace. Yes. The the chance to be transformed, yeah. to become a different person. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. 100%. It's incredible. Incredible. All right, man. Woo, that was serious this, stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. Look at you talking about this after your vacation. It's all right. This was this was good. Look forward to uh next week, like you said, you know, probably bring in some of that news cycle stuff. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, um policies. Yeah. Both moral and political and how do we how do we address those as believers? Yes. How does scripture address those things? So looking forward to it. Until the next time, Greg. We just rock the Casbah. In our gold shoes. No, we don't have those. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.